Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. President Donald Trump continues to stun the world with his leadership. From strong actions on border security to standing up to the press, there really hasn't been anything that he's backed down from. Today, Pastor J.D. will share with us the strong similarities between President Donald Trump and the character in the Bible known as Cyrus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 7, 2019. The title simply is Trump Isn't Cyrus Yet. Listen to a couple of quotes. Following President Trump's proclamation recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights on Monday, Prime Minister Netanyahu compared the American leader to Cyrus the Great. The article goes on to say, and I quote, It is surely significant that the U.S. president recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, and we are grateful that he declared Jerusalem to be the eternal capital of the Jewish people. However, for President Trump to truly earn the comparison to Cyrus the Great there is one final piece of real estate real estate that deserves his attention. I'll never forget, actually I was being interviewed uh, by Jan Markell uh, for her radio broadcast, and it was right after President Trump was elected president. Trump, President Trump. <laughs> And I made the comment that I truly believed at that time that the election of Donald Trump as the President of the United States would in fact speed up the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. My sense was that, I mean, first of all, (laughs) who knew, right? God knew. But I just had this sense and this discernment, if you will, that this man was going to bring about the fulfillment of Bible prophecy much faster now that he is the president of the United States. And oh my goodness. Two years later, who is Cyrus? I'm so glad you asked. Ezra chapter 1 
verses 1 and 2 I'll read. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, modern-day Iran, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. That's the temple. And he did it. And that's why everybody is comparing Trump to Cyrus. So I'm going to show you this picture. I, it's a, Actually, I took the photos of it. It's this. And on the front is a, uh, an image of Cyrus and Trump. And on the back is an image of the temple. Call me silly. But wouldn't it seem that this is the direction all of this is going? Wouldn't it, and again, I just bring it, okay? I know what you're thinking right now, because I can read your minds. Yes, Lord, I, I know what you're thinking. Whoa, that was, whoa. I rebuke you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Stop. Some of you are going. <gasps> are you suggesting that Trump is the Antichrist? No! But come on. Is this not exactly what we were told would happen? Is it not happening? Is this not the direction that it's going? You go to Israel today and you talk to any Jew and the first thing they will tell you is, we want our temple. Especially when you go to the Western Wall, which we always do whenever we go. It's all about the temple. They need their temple. Well, we got a real estate developer and builder who's pretty good at building things like this. Call me silly, but isn't that what it looks like? Cyrus rebuilt the Jewish temple and now Trump, the builder, the quintessential, oh, he's the art of the deal, art of the deal, peace deal, and the quintessential builder of builders. Perfect. They need both. There it is. You know, on Tuesday, the elections are going to be held in Israel. And the jury's out on who will be the prime minister. Many are praying, and rightfully so, I understand why, for Netanyahu to 
be reelected as the prime minister of Israel. That's on Tuesday. This is in two days. And oh, by the way, I think you know this. I hope you know this. If you don't know this, you're going to know this now, because I'm going to tell you this. (laughs) After the Tuesday elections, that peace deal, the ultimate deal, as it's been dubbed, long anticipated in the works for two years, peace deal is going to be unveiled. Not a moment too soon. Just in time. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, again, because I can read your minds, (laughs) um, how do you get from the declaration of Israel's sovereignty uh, in the Golan to the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount? Again, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You asked, right? doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) So you've got... Isaiah 17, which I believe is the trigger, the catalyst, as we just saw, for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, where they invade Israel, are dealt a decimating defeat, which will have all of the nations, plural, screaming, pleading, begging for peace. And if that earthquake that is foretold in Ezekiel 38, takes place and changes the topography in this decimating defeat of these nations within a period of 24, even 12 hours? Perfect. Perfect. Daniel 9.27. Here's your temple. Here's your peace covenant. Now, here's the question. Where does the rapture fit into that? I am so glad you asked that one. (laughs) It is my belief that the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ has to come either prior to or in concert with the fulfillment of Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 38, which are on the cusp of being fulfilled. Think this through with me. You know in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, where the Apostle Paul writes that while they are saying peace and security, sudden, sudden, very fast, sudden, destruction, will come upon them, and they will not escape. It will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. You know what that says to me? There's a delineation between they and we. I want to be a we, not a they, because we who are alive and remain, will be caught up, raptured up, harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin, to meet the Lord in the air. We will escape. I love it. I don't actually love it. 
I take issue with it, but I try to be loving about it when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you pre-trib rapture people, you just want to escape. I'm like, and you don't? (laughs) See ya, wouldn't want to be ya, because you're a they. I'm a we. Be a we. (laughs) Okay, I took that maybe a little bit further than I needed to, but... Why do I share all this? Well, if I could just be candid with you and even personal with you. For me, it's a great source of great encouragement. And if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you could use some encouragement. I know many of you are going through some very difficult things, very difficult times. I think about what the Apostle Paul wrote in chapter 4 to the Thessalonians in the context of the rapture when he says that we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. The implication is is that the Thessalonians were very discouraged, and they were very discouraged. I know many, myself included, are prone to become discouraged just with the difficulty, the trials of life, the longing for, the aching even for the Lord to come back. For us, He cannot come back soon enough. And every day that He does not come back is just one more day in this wicked and evil world, not our home. And that can really take its toll on a person. One of the things the Lord has been ministering to me recently is that no matter how hard it gets before the rapture, He's going to get me through it. As difficult and as painful as that trial is in your life and my life, God is able and He will get you through it. And here's something to consider. Were it not for that difficulty, that trial, that pain, that suffering in your life, in my life, were it not for that, would you, would I long for the rapture as we do? I mean, isn't it true that when things are going well, that, you know, Lord, come quickly, but I'm good. (laughs) Then let adversity strike. Oh, Lord, come quickly. Oh, Maranatha, Lord, please get me out of here. One of the effects that studying and even teaching Bible prophecy has had on my life is It has just really loosened my grip on anything this world has to offer. You know, it's been really nice lately in the uh, uh, here in Hawaii, hasn't it? I mean, beautiful. I mean, even today for our online church, especially for those of you that are in a colder part of the region, so sorry. But right now, it is beautiful outside. What is it? Eighty degrees and clear blue sky, and oh my goodness. 
I was driving around Kailua the other day, and beautiful sunny day, crisp blue sky. The koalas were just majestic, and I'm just praising God for this beautiful place we call Hawaii. But there was something in me that was like this. That sun doesn't shine as bright as it used to. That sky is not as blue as it used to be. This is not my home. I'm not going to be here much longer. Oh, thank you, Lord, for letting me live here. It's a beautiful place to live. It's an expensive place to live, but, you know. That trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. I truly believe it's much sooner than any of us could possibly imagine. Jesus said, Behold, I come at an hour you expect not. In other words, when you least expect it, expect it. How close are we? Oh, (laughs) don't know the day or the hour. But I would submit to you that the day and the hour draws ever so nigh. His return is at the door. Now, let me turn a corner. We'll bring it in for a landing. I'm keenly aware that instead of being encouraging, what I've shared can be terrifying. If it's ter- and this is maybe the litmus test to know whether or not you know Jesus as your Savior. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody online watching this from somewhere in the world. And quite frankly, this is very scary, and rightfully so, it should be. Because the unspeakable horror that is coming upon this Christ-rejecting world is something that you don't want to be here for. The book of Revelation in chapters 6 through 19 describes it, and it is horrific. Horrific. Maybe you're here today in this beautiful church that I'm so privileged to pastor because you needed to hear this today. And you needed to hear what I'm about to share. Maybe you're watching this online. It's no accident that you came upon this video. It may very well be that today is the day of your salvation. This is why we do these weekly prophecy updates. It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the simple, childlike simple ABCs of salvation. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. That's what the word means, good news. The good news is, the gospel is that Jesus came, he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back one day soon and very soon. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Now every single one of us will have to give an account for what we're going to do with the person of Jesus Christ. Either he is who he said he was, 
and is, or, it's hard to even utter the words, he was the greatest deceiver who ever walked on the face of the earth. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way to the Father except through me. Narrow is the way. Narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few go thereof. Wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many go thereof. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the gate. What's our response? Well, it's very simple. It's what we call the ABCs of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you sinned against God, and that you need the Savior. This is what it means to repent, in the sense that it's an about face, it's a 180. You you change your mind, so now God, by way of the Holy Spirit, can change your heart. You're acknowledging your sin and your need for salvation and for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin, the penalty of sin, this is what we've all earned because we've all sinned. It's the death penalty. The wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. The good news is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, will be saved. And lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, this is what I like to say, seals the deal. This is how I sealed the deal 38 years ago. All who call upon the name of the all, all, I'm an all, I'm a we too, (laughs) remember now, be a we, be an all too, so we be all we, how's that? That wasn't good. So all who call upon the name of the Lord will, will, will be saved. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.